Hey guys, I was worried I wasn't going to be able to get anything out to you this week. We'll be taking the high schoolers up to Wanata this weekend, and it has been crazy. It's been a crazy week, but I'm really glad I got to do this for y'all today. Got two quick announcements for you. Um, if while you're home at Christmas, you want to do a Sunday school class, uh, shoot me an email, jhall at saxagatha.org, and let me know that that's something you're interested in. And we'll do our best to get something put together for you. Especially if you have an idea about what it should be about or if you're interested in leading it, just let me know and we will get everything taken care of on our end. The other announcement I have is if you're interested in being an intern this summer, let me know. We're going to go ahead and start looking around for some interns. And I always love having somebody who knows our ministry. So if that's something that you're interested in, all we need to know from you is whether you're interested or not, and I can get you all the paperwork, and you do have to be done with your sophomore year. So that means if you're a sophomore right now, then you're good to go. Sorry, freshman, but uh, you guys will have to wait another year. So with that, let's get rolling. Um, Normally, I just kind of give you guys the message that I give to the high schoolers and middle schoolers. On Wednesday nights, um, I updated a little bit for you guys, but the message I gave to them last night doesn't really work for you guys because you're in a different place. You're not dealing with the same stuff that they are, but we talked about worship and I'm going to tell you right now that, um, this, this might step on some toes. This might hurt some feelings, but I promise it's not my intention. I always wonder if you guys are plugged in at a church where you're at. And a church doesn't have to be, you know, a building, a congregation. A church can be a student ministry. It can be like a campus ministry. There's so many great ones out there. The Navigators, RYM, BCM. I know of a ton of them. And I wonder if you're plugged in with something. Do you have a body of believers that you can fellowship with? And do you have a place that you can worship and a time that you can worship? Because worship is so important to us as Christians. You see, worship is that time when we get to be close with God. Psalm 95 verses 1 through 3 give us an example of what worship should look like. And now I'm going to tell you right now, this is about, you know, musical worship, singing, because that's the classic way we worship. And honestly, it's the easiest way to worship. So let me read this for you, and then I'll explain what I mean by that. Psalm 95, verses 1 through 3. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. Now, the reason I say that singing is the easiest way to go is because worship should be an overflow of joy from the heart. Your heart should be so filled with joy for God that it has to come out some way. And the easiest way for us to do that is with song. But I said that, you know, I worry that you guys don't have a place to do this. And for those of you who don't have a place to do this, 
why not? Why don't you have so much joy overflowing out of your heart that you have to have a way of letting it out? Now, I'm not telling you to, you know, go find a church because I'm telling you to. That's not a good reason. Uh, We see in Isaiah chapter 29, verses 13 and 14, And the Lord said, Because this people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. Therefore, behold, I will again do wonderful things with this people, with wonder upon wonder, and the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the discernment of their discerning men shall be hidden. God is going to know. If you're there because your heart is in it, or if you're there because I'm telling you to be there. That's in the middle of a passage where God is passing judgment on Jerusalem, and he's not happy about this. He sees them just worshiping out of duty and not out of joy, and he's not happy about it. So if you're not excited to go to worship, don't. But you do need to ask yourself, why aren't you excited? I think I know what stops a lot of people from worshiping. And I think it's because the joy in our hearts is stuck. It's clogged there. It can't get out. And I think it's clogged by idols that we've put in place. I look around uh, a lot on Sundays and Wednesdays and I, I see people during worship. Sometimes I see people just chatting. Why? What idol have they built? Are they worshiping God or are they worshiping the relationships of those people that they're talking to? Some people just stand there quietly and stare off into space or like nod along with the music. Why? What idol have they built? I know a lot of people are nervous they can't sing well, so they don't. Are they worried that people are going to judge them? Is their reputation their idol? What idol is in your way that keeps you from worshiping God? I want to share a story out of scripture where Jesus addresses this, where where he's talking to the Samaritan woman at the well, and she asks about worship. And it's very clear that she's built up an idol, and Christ tells her exactly how to deal with it. So this is from John chapter 4, verses 20 through 24. The woman says, Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. I'm going to break in right here. That is her idol. She has made where you worship such a big deal that it's all she can worry about. She doesn't ask Jesus, you know, how can I best worship you? Instead, it's it's all about, you know, well, where's the right place? Where Where do I have to do this? Verse 21 picks up, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Just like the passages in Isaiah and Psalms told us, worship isn't just going to the right place and saying the right words, but worship is more than that. 
Worship is in spirit and in truth. And you can't do that if your heart doesn't belong 100% to God. And it's hard. There's so many things that get in the way, but we have to work at it. I said earlier that that worship isn't just singing, but that singing is kind of our traditional way. It's our, our natural way. But there are other ways that just take focus. We have people here at the church, our AV staff, our praise bands. What they do is worship, but it's a lot harder than standing in the audience and singing. Because you have to learn. When I first started working at the church, before I was working full-time in the youth ministry, I was working on the AV staff too. I ran the media computer, so all the stuff that went on the screens, that was my responsibility to get it up there. I had to figure out how to worship through that. And it gets back to what Jesus told the woman. It's not about where you worship. It's about the heart behind it. It's not about how you're worshiping. It's about the heart behind it. A heart filled with spirit and truth. A week or two back in one of the sermons, um, I don't remember which pastor it was, which sermon it was, but they pointed out that if you don't like worship, then you're going to hate heaven. I know some of you guys listening in were in the Revelation small group that we did a couple years back. Do you remember what heaven is like? Revelation chapter 4 verses 8 through 11 tell us, And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. So in heaven, you worship day and night. Why? It's because of what I said earlier. Worship is the overflow of joy of the love of God that's in your heart. When we are in God's presence in heaven, our hearts will be constantly overflowing. And so I go back to my question that I asked before, why aren't they now? God loves you. God cares for you. God provides for you, just as He always has, and just as He always will. So be joyful in that. Let your joy overflow into all that you do. Let your lives be worship. Live as sacrifices to God. I challenge you to tear down the idols that are clogging your hearts and let praise and joy pour out. Now, I said at the beginning, I'm not trying to hurt feelings here, but I might hurt feelings. And I'm sorry about that. But I want to tell you the reason I do this, the reason I make these, the reason I'm telling you this is because I care about you. I love you guys. I do what I do to bring glory to God and because I want you to live your life in a way that does the same. And I love you guys so much that sometimes I do have to tell you the stuff that's hard to hear. But I do that because I'm worried that if I don't say it to you, then you might never hear it. 
Maybe no one else will tell you the hard truth. And I can't go through my life knowing that you may not be able to fully engage in worship of God to truly connect with the Father because I was afraid to tell you the truth. So I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings, but I'm not sorry if you're feeling convicted right now. But I am here to talk through it with you. To talk through whatever you need. Most of you guys have my number. You have my email from earlier when I made the announcements. If you need help finding somewhere to worship, I can help you. I got a good network of people all over. If you need help tearing down those idols, I can help you. Just let me know. But I pray that you take this seriously. That you don't just let this one go, but that it bugs you until you finally do something about it. So for your quiet time this week, um, some stuff to focus on for this. How do you normally worship? Do you normally worship? Are you engaged with God? Or are you more worried about what's going on around you? Once you've figured out kind of your, your normal behavior during worship, why do you think you do that? If you're not focused on God, what are you focused on? What are the idols that are getting in your way? And once you realize what they are, what are you going to do to get rid of them? And once they're gone, how are you going to make sure they don't creep back up? They have a way of doing that, and you have to put safeguards in place. Finally, I want to remind you, worship isn't just for when you're at church or when you're at a ministry. Worship should be something that we do all throughout the week, all throughout our lives. What are things that you do during the week that if you just shift your focus onto God could become worship? Something you do every week that that maybe it's just like a fun activity you do to unwind, but you could focus it in on God and let the joy of God overflow from your heart. What activities are you already doing that can be worship with a change of heart and focus? I challenge you guys to think through those things this week, and I'll talk to you next week. Have a great one. I'm praying for you guys.